Welcome to the Filmed Live Musicals Podcast, a podcast about stage musicals that have been legally filmed and publicly distributed. The Filmed Live Musicals website contains information on nearly 200 musicals that have been captured live. Check it out at filmedlivemusicals.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome to episode 46 of the Filmed Live Musicals podcast. I'm your host, Louisa Lyons, and my guests today are Christian Chu and Bianca Lau, the assistant director and production manager on Ateneo Blue Repertory's virtual production of First Date. Welcome, Chu and Bianca. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Glad to be here. All the way from Manila in the Philippines. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very excited to have you on the show. So to start us off with, what made you fall in love with musical theater? Specifically for me, I guess, I could attribute it to watching the film version of Phantom of the Opera, the one with Emmy Rossum, because as a kid, it was the film that I would watch with my cousins a lot. So it used to be on YouTube, like this like 240p quality version of it on YouTube, where we would just play it and play it and play it all over again. And like, to the point that I developed like a serious crush at Emmy Rossum as like as a, as a kid, so that's when I started like really get into musicals and like eventually it just evolved from there, going from Phantom of the Opera to other musicals here and there. Mm-hmm. And Bianca, mm, I guess in my case, I my dad and I would always listen to a bunch of musicals like on music like on, on apple music i don't know what it was called before but that platform we would go through a bunch of like different albums and stuff and we came across the wicked um broadway album and i remember just falling in love with the music and then falling in love with how they told the story as in just like you could feel how, what the actors were doing within the songs and that was just so beautiful in itself and i eventually got to watch it in singapore like the actual show and that really sparked <laughs> my love for musical theater. It was something that I personally wanted to try out. And ayun. and and I guess, yeah, my journey started from there. So, yeah. And did both of you study musical theater at school? Actually, no. <laughs> I Actually, my high school didn't even have, like, a theater troupe. Like, I was legitimately, like, just trying to consume as much content as I could through, like, watching musicals, if I could, in... Peta Theater, Peta Theater here in Manila, and like true Tumblr and like all that <laughs> stuff, like just just trying to get all of that content in me because there was literally no, I guess there was like little to no people that shared my interest back when I was in high school because it was like pretty niche here. I've had uh, Peta Theater on the podcast before uh, mm. last year when they did their production. I'm blanking on the name. It was so cool. It had a set filled with water. Um, R- Rack of Ages. Oh, yeah. It was a uh, based yeah. on the music of Rack of Ages. It was fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's so good, that musical. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess on my end, I am currently taking up a minor in theater arts in Ateneo under the performing track. So I've been doing that since my sophomore year. And in high school, there were really no classes for musical theater. There was a class, but then it got canceled because I was the only student that signed up for it. So they were like, we're not going to do that. So yeah, I think I relate to Chu in a bit where he said that it's very niche, um, especially here. So yeah. Would you consider musical theater very popular in the Philippines? 
I guess to like a select few. Like it's definitely like what we call niche talaga. Like you don't necessarily hear about musical theater unless you kind of like really search for it. Like even Pita Theater, which is like one of the biggest sources, isn't you don't really get to hear about it like as often as you would hear like about like other mediums, like mediums of like other media, like film and TV shows. Like you barely hear anything about musical theater. Like it really you have to actively search for it or actively look for a group that's interested in it. How did you both become involved in Ateneo? This organization, Blue Rep, was actually one of the reasons why I wanted to go to Ateneo. I had heard about Blue Rep in high school because in high school I was in my theater org and I was also in Ateneo for high school. So hearing about Blue Rep and hearing about, you know, there's this organization that really like professionally stages musicals and it's done by students. And I thought that idea in itself was so fantastic that I wanted to join it. I really made it one of my goals. So I auditioned and I entered originally as a cast member. So what about you two? <laughs> okay, for me, I've always dreamt about going to Ateneo as a kid. Not even necessarily because of Blue Rap, just because I was going to like basketball games and stuff. So the school spirit was in me, like back in high school. Pala. Like back in high school. So when I entered Ateneo, Oh, actually, the summer before I entered Ateneo, I went to my cousin's prod in Blue Rep, which was, back then, Carry the Musical, which was the newbie production for that year, in 2018. And I was so amazed by the production of the university because, truth be told, I haven't been able to access a lot of, like, stage musicals just because it's pretty hard to get by and... The transportation here in the Philipp- in Manila specifically is like pretty hard if you don't have your own personal car. So when I watched Carrie, which was staged by Blue Rep, I was like, oh, I really want to get in here. Like, I'm begging God, like, let me pass this university so I could join this organization. So yeah, eventually, that's why in my freshman year, I immediately like ran straight to a V-line to the sign-up booth for Blue Rep. <laughs> I love that for both of you, that the theater company was a big part of the reason you chose this university. I think that's really special. I'm curious what you're both majoring in. I am a communication major. (laughs) I'm a junior right now in DS Psychology. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. Both very useful degrees for theater. So can you tell me, do you know the history of Blue Rap and how it got started and when it got started? I, I forgot the actual year we started, but we, we're currently on our 30th year as an organization. And I guess just like how any other theater orgs, theater organization starts, it's just a bunch of people that like musicals and wanted to stage them and gathered more people to do so. And we've staged, um, I think I'd like to think that Blue Rip has really proven itself as the premier musical theater organization of Ateneo. You know, we have we've gotten <laughs> awards and for our productions and and I'm very and I'm also part of the company core, which is the executive board of Blue Rep. Um and I'd like to say <laughs> that I'm very proud of where our org is our organization is now, especially since we're still ex- we're still sort of like navigating ourselves through the online setting what online theater is what more can we do with theater as a medium does it always have to be live or in the case of first date is it filmed so 
Yes, <laughs> that's what I would say. <laughs> Some of my favorite questions right there. <laughs> so what was the process behind choosing First Date and deciding to film it or do a virtual production? I'm also, I'm also the artistic director of Blue Rep. So the reason why we chose First Date or the reason why I presented it to the company core at first was because um, uh, I wanted Blue Rep's 30th year to end on sort of like a lighter, more fun note because our past finales have been very sad, um, <laughs> very sad, deep, dark, serious finales. And... You know, and this online setting is also very like sad in itself, and we sort of wanted to, well, lack of a better end with a bang, like that's what we were saying. <laughs> we wanted it to be yeah, happy yeah. and like, liven up the mood. Yeah, to liven up the mood because it was just really sad. Like our fast finales, if you look at them, they're really, really sad. Um, and I don't know when you look at first date, it's a rom com. Um, it caters to a lot of audiences. It's. Mm-hmm. It's it's so it's funny. The music is great. It's short too. So and um, this was the first um, I guess uh, this was the first production that we did that was hybrid in where we filmed both online and on site. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah. And so, can you talk me through the process of of filming? Like the it's it's an amazing feat putting all these different. Uh, people in different spaces and occasionally in the same space together. Can you talk us through that process? Okay, I feel like I could talk about the process. Okay, so um, since First Date was filmed um, in a hybrid manner, so on-site and online, in online, we were actually just in a Zoom room. So we were all in a Zoom room. Um, Rehearsals would take place just in call, like doing the read-throughs and like practicing more we were more focused on like delivery cause just because the you can't really block <laughs> you can't really block as much online so we were really focusing on character analysis and really getting the actors to kind of like get where their character is coming from since you know um the characters of first date are pretty zany they're not really um true to life at times they're a pretty eccentric bunch so we kind of had to um channel that energy and then for filming proper um we would actually have a tech pack so this tech pack would consist of like nearly everything so we would have um tripods cameras cell phones um, a wireless mic, all the props and costumes, all delivered to their homes, um, so that the cast could set it up themselves. Pero, but we all, but we made sure that they had like assistance, just because imagine setting up like uh, three sets of lights and the black and the black backdrop and the green screen, like it's a very tedious process for one person. So overall, that's how we did it. So we had one camera. So the cast had two cameras, one camera focusing on the entire set. So just so that the people online could see and check everything out. Just make sure that the lighting is good. Um, costumes are intact. The audio is getting, um, the audio is getting picked up correctly. So, and then the other one would be the, the other one would be with the, would be the filming camera itself. So it's kind of like this process of just like, um, checking as much as we can. So they would send it like 
throughout the entire process. They would be sending like audio recordings and test shots to make sure that the lights team can check it, to make sure that our production designer can check it, and our assistant production designers. So like setup could be, could take like nearly 20 minutes or 30 minutes and we're all students. So we just have to really crunch it up a bit. We just have to make sure that we can um, achieve everything on time. And then that's how filming would go. Like we would just film everything, get it checked, if it's a if it's a good take, uh, we keep it. If it's a bad take, we reshoot. And then after that, we just kind of like hope for the best. The equipment stays uh, stable, that nobody gets their internet cut off, and all that <laughs> no. stuff. Like there were so many factors that we had to take into account, and we were all just like um, praying to the gods that nothing would happen that would impede the filming, since we were under such a tight schedule to make sure that we can show it to the world <laughs> she was talking about what we did for the because we for first date we did a hybrid setup like i mentioned earlier so there was the online setting and then there was the on-site setting wherein we were all to, like we were in person filming so essentially first date is a film um none of us really done live <laughs> except maybe what we did when we were on campus um so i guess for that um we didn't have so many we didn't go through the test recordings and all of that because we had a crew with us there. So everyone who needed to see the clips were already on site. And the way we split this w- was that um, the ensemble cast was online, but the two leads, Kira- uh, Casey and Aaron, were on site. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that's how it worked. Our director was with us on site and would event- would sometimes pop up online. Um but yeah, just essentially like how a film would go where we really like did the claps and everything, like the take one, take two. So yeah, yeah. Did anyone in your um in the company have film experience or were you all learning this for the first time? We have done like the online filming back in our previous finale for the 29th season. And I was um I was the production manager for that. So yeah. um a lot of the uh, a lot of the company actually had experience, except for those obviously who joined this who joined this year because they were all newbies. But yeah, um a lot of people had film experience then. Um they were they were people who because people who joined Blue Rep aren't necessarily just musical theater. They also dabble in like actual film and doing other forms of media like music production. So Thankfully, we had that in the bag. But yeah, every time that we do an online prod, we it's it's eventually like a like a relearning process because you have to really grow from your previous experiences. Make sure that you um, remedy all those things that you failed to do in your past online prods, and um, eventually, there's gonna be new things that um get that gets brought up in the new prod num- because I keep on code switching <laughs> because um, there's so much factors in place now especially with first date where we had to do it hybrid it was our first experience doing it hybrid so we were just like relearning everything and um, just going with the flow you mentioned that you had filmed a previous production what was that production and why did you film it? For that, it was a it was an original actually by Blue Rip alumna, so it was called Friction, and we actually got them to be part of our artistic team for that. So they were really able to 
refined their vision back when they first made it in around 2014, 2013, around that time period. So they were able to um, redefine it for our online version. And we we did it. Um, I'm not sure why we did it, but um, I feel like because the online setting was so experimental, it was a really good opportunity to really um, just jump right in and really get into the groove of just filming everything online. And that was 2019? Yeah, 20, 2020, if I'm correct. I don't know, 20, 2021. That makes more sense. 2021. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious because I was like, oh, before the pandemic, that's very interesting, but it makes sense that it was during the pandemic. <laughs> and when you were uh, filming First Date, I know that there's been a lot of political upheaval in the Philippines in the past few weeks, alone months, um, and then putting in the, the pandemic on top of that. And I know that there have been strict lockdowns and, and it's been a very tumultuous time in, in the Philippines. What were the challenges as you were filming and putting First Date together? <laughs> I think I can answer that because as production manager, and she would understand this, you're, you're literally put at the forefront of your production. So anything that hits it, it hits the production managers first. Um, so I, I guess with the elections, uh, we it was, it was a huge shift in the environment for a lot of people, for everyone, actually. Um, and we, well, I guess a huge challenge for us was that our, the, the way that our show dates were plotted out, we plotted them out during the elections just because of our school calendar and all of that. Um, so it was something that we couldn't avoid. And because of the turnout of the elections, which was something that admittedly we did not expect, um, it, it affected us a lot. And um, I guess our company, we needed to take a step back, sort of process what was happening in our country and in our own lives. And and because of that, we had to postpone um, our show dates by a few weeks. Um, I guess, yeah, it, it was a challenge in itself, but it was something that I guess as production manager, you want to make sure that the people you're working with are okay. Um, first before you know anything else so I guess me alongside my PM team Isa and Robin we all decided that that was what we had to do in that given moment um with regards to the pandemic it was quite the journey I guess uh, trying to get the first date to be filmed on site because obviously um face-to-face classes are still very much new to Ateneo um and but the challenges that were with it were things that we were willing to go through anyway, like the health checks and the health protocols, filling out forms to get in, making sure everyone's vaccinated and all of that. You know, these things are necessary because at the end of the day, your first priority is to take care of the people you're working with. So I guess those were our biggest challenges. <laughs> it was very emotional, I guess. <laughs> Emotion was like a huge thing for me personally as well, because, you know, you wanted your you you as as much as possible. You want your production to move as smooth as possible. But with all of these things like being thrown at you, it's hard to find your find your footing. So, yeah, that's what I do. It's so powerful that you you decided to take a step back and and allow the allow your company and yourselves to process what was happening. I think so many companies, especially in the US, uh, just kind of barrel on through and like 
insist on like the show must go on kind of idea. But I really, I think that's like, it really speaks to how much you care for each other and, and care for yourselves as a company that you decided to take that step back. And I think that's, that's something that I think more, more companies could take note of. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, because Blue Rep in itself is a student organization, um, we're not just, you know, the co-workers. We're essentially like people that um, do hang out together, like outside their free time. And I feel like that plays a really big role in um, how First Date was headed by our, by the PM team. Like they really did make sure that everyone was comfortable and everyone was like... Um, Everyone was able to work at their best and not just trudge on knowing the social political landscape was getting crazier and crazier by the day. Yeah. Uh, what was the editing process behind putting the film together? Mm, editing process. Uh, well, thanks to our amazing, amazing production teams, um, they were able to come up. And Chu, actually. Chu and Chara, who is also our other assistant director, they were able to come up with the shot lists that sort of where wherein we could see what first date looked like on paper. And that was something that the DOP team, our director of photography team, followed. Um, our DOPs, Nate and Atom, had a very, very short time, like a relatively short time to edit this monster of a production. It's so, like, it's so big. Like, there's, like we have two settings. We have green screens and all of that. Um, and from what I saw, because I was working with them uh, firsthand, um, was that what they did was they edited it first per song and then they and then after that they edited the book scenes and then they split the workload Atom and Nate who are DOPs um, and then after that they stitched it together at the end and then we had like an audio file by our sound designer uh, Sir RV and he sort of just gave us an audio file to overlay and then there. It sounds super simple <laughs> the way I'm talking about it, but the month <laughs> that we went through is like hours, quite the, the hours of work that yeah. had the lines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you when you counter in like the artistic team giving notes back and forth and and mm-hmm. not to mention like just to commend also Atom and Nate, our DOPs. Nate is actually a graduating senior and Atom is a freshman. So they're both on very different ends of the student spectrum. So they're also like sort of figuring out like Nate on his thesis and then Atom with his classes on site. So I'd like to commend the two of them for what they also went through. Because <laughs> as PMs, we were also witnessing it firsthand and it was quite crazy. Yeah, yeah I, I did not to like putting aside the political and and like world tor- turmoil you're going to school on top of it all and trying to study and finish your degrees that's um i remember balancing <laughs> being in the theater society and uh classes and studying and rehearsal it's it's uh not always an easy balance but i think for me personally the theater stuff was what got me through my university degree. It was like, it was what made my, it was what made my experience so wonderful that I, and the people that I met through the theater world at university are still my friends today and are, you know, the most special people in my life are the theater people. So it's so wonderful that you have this community. As artistic director, Bianca, (laughs) will 
uh, Blue Rappi uh, filming shows in the future, either this hybrid model or in-person shows? <laughs> well, um, well, I guess I-, I won't be artistic director next year. Uh, my term is ending soon. Um, but I-, I guess the goal is really to keep keep working towards bringing theater to where it rightfully belongs, which is the stage. And um, with what Ateneo has really like talked about, um, with us going fully back to like on-site classes, um, I'd like to think that it that Blue Rep can do it too. That we can eventually work towards the theater. It might be it. It will be a while, um, I guess, until we can have like live audiences and all of that. So I, I'm I'm guessing, but I'm all I'm guessing that we might film next year. But I'm also hoping we don't because live theater is really <laughs> what makes theater so so special and. Um, yeah, and yeah, and I'll be a senior next year. I want to see theater. I want to graduate to the live show. <laughs> How about audiences that are like outside of Manila and when and when of watch your work? Would you um, consider streaming those live shows so that people who aren't uh, in person are able to um, enjoy your work? Oh yeah, of course. Um, in our past shows, I've also noticed that a lot of the ticket buyers come from other countries because, yeah, some of our members have family from those country, from other countries as well. So, yeah, of course, it's yeah. something we can definitely look into. And we have like such a such an incredible streaming platform, Ticket to Me, and we've built sort of a good relationship with them. Yeah, true. You're gonna say something? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, but. Yeah, I also definitely noticed so many people were watching abroad, not just like family members, but also like Europe alumna who are like paving the world in their own way outside of the Philippines. A lot of them actually are working like outside here now. So yeah, I feel like live streaming live streaming next year or in the future years will definitely be such a good uh not just a good avenue of sharing our work, but as well as really just giving everybody a shot to watch what with what the beloved org has been doing like years after they've graduated. Because, um, you know, um, at the Blue Rep has a strong relationship with alumni. Make a lot of the artistic teams that we've had are actually like previous alumni who have like developed their skills and are ready to like test their skills or like give back to Blue Rep by directing, by making movement, by production designing. So yeah, maybe live streaming could be a thing. Pro shot musical when, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I am all for it. I'm curious about the funding for Blue Rep. Is it funded through the university? Is it is it by the string of uh, the skin of your teeth? <laughs> I th- this is like this is purely um, our voice, but Chu and I made like a <laughs> um, just like any other theater organization in the Philippines. We are struggling with our funds. <laughs> I think that's the best way I can, I can put it. I don't know. Um, uh, we we do we do get money from the university, yeah. Uh, but we're also expected to um, earn on our own terms, like through ticket sales, through merch. Um, I think Chu might have better <laughs> input on this yeah. because I'm really in the art <laughs> side. Of yeah, so I guess for context, I've worked on several productions as the finance head, so as chief finance finance officer or one of the heads for front of house. So yeah, a lot of even though we're super lucky that Ateneo 
loves the arts. Thank you so much to the School of Humanities and Arete. But, you know, um, they can't really expect to fund these musicals, which can, like, reach prices that are, like, unimaginable sometimes. But, yeah, we really try to make it work um, by through ticket sales, merch sales especially, since everybody likes a sticker set or a tote bag or a shirt. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's primarily where our funding comes from. So, we get our budget from our school. But, yeah, most of the time, we are just, like, marketing the show to the best of our abilities and making sure that everybody is enticed to watch and if not just watch but to buy the merchandise that we also work on by our beloved design and publications team and graphic designer your team just keeps growing and growing as we as we chat <laughs> i'm in awe it's so it's wonderful how many people that you have involved in in the organization and in and in very interesting roles too i i love that you create merch i i want to see a stick a sticker set i i want to purchase one <laughs> i i do love me a sticker set <laughs> do you have a sense or I, i'm not sure if you're able to share what the ticket sales for first date were like and like what streaming if that brought in extra revenue or um at a time when you can't have in-person theater um i guess i guess I, the best way to word this out is we were first dates show dates again like i mentioned earlier we're just caught in a very very unfortunate time for the philippines so <laughs> so i, I think if you piece the puzzles to uh, piece the puzzle together, you'll you 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 put the pieces together. You'll be able to see sort of how we did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sugarcoat it as well as I can. <laughs> um, uh, I on the streaming platform itself, I I can't really answer so much about that because as AD and as BM also, I I don't think we get much money from them. It's really they are our medium for our audiences. They don't give us money um, or anything like that. The money is really like through our ticket sales. They let us know how much we earn through, obviously, because everything's being bought on that site, right? But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you ask about ticket sales, I just, yeah, the shows were just um, at a very weird time for everyone. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say that um, we aren't. On my end, on my end personally, and I think for my co-PMs as well, it's not that that isn't really something that we are focusing on. Like obviously we had a goal and everything, but as we come as as we've come to see how far the production has gone, given our limitations and everything, um, we are proud of what this and what it's done and what what we've done as students in this hybrid setup in this incredibly new unknown setup. Yeah. So so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's really I think that's really important and it's you know funding is important and ticket sales are important like you said they're an um, important part of revenue but it shouldn't be our end goal it shouldn't be the, the only thing that we're focusing on yeah. and the fact that you were all able to come together and provide these opportunities for so many different people and create something fun and heartwarming and uh test out new skills i think is incredibly valuable you can't you can't put money on on that kind of experience yeah 
what would you say to other uh, either student companies or theater companies who might be hesitant to stream their work? Hmm. I feel like I feel like there's a I feel like um, a lot of the fears is really stem from like obviously like the legal basis like oh my god what do we do if someone bootlegs our production and like illegally sends it out like we're gonna be in so much trouble with the rights owners um I think at that point I feel like we can't really escape um live streaming anymore like as much as we want to stage our musicals and maintain the sanctity of like no one is able to nobody is able to pirate it or bootleg it even the even the grandest shows have bootleggers you know and that's just something that we have to kind of not really accept but at the same time it's the status quo in a sense but uh for any student theater orgs out there who are afraid of streaming their work there are ways to really protect your work and we did it through watermarking every stream that we have through Ticket to Me. Uh, thank God. But yeah, so if ever it does get leaked, we'll be we'll be able to see which ticket buyer le- leaks it. So those there are protective measures. Um, at the end of the day, when we put out our show, um, it's really on as much as long as we do our best to ensure that it is protected, that it, that it that we put the measures there to really safeguard it. Um, I feel like live streaming, it out really it really outweighs like that that fear of like piracy. Because you're able to reach so many people and not just that, we're able to create a more inclusive space for theater. Because you know, not everybody has not everybody has the capability to um, go to a venue and watch a show for let's say two hours you know because um because of different reasons like maybe they're you know they're wheelchair bound and the venues don't have the capacity to uh, incorporate them sadly so live streaming really lets people let more people in and it, that's uh that's one of my thoughts Ren, because um before coming in to theater, I honestly thought it was super, uh, it was like an in-group. Like, you could only be here if you're, like, this kind of person. And um, seeing us, seeing how seeing how many people is being reached by the live stream, like, for the past two years that I've been working with Blue Rep, um, under Blue Rep, um, it's been super exciting to see so many people who would have never went to a theater, to a venue on, venue on site, and get excited about the prospect of like, oh, I'm gonna watch a show now because I because there were there were ways that I could watch it now, um because before I couldn't do it but now that I've seen it through a live stream I'm so excited for to go to a venue or like to even watch more live streams. I feel like that's one thing that theater should any art form should aim for like we should really just aim for to get more people to get more excited about our art and not kind of like um uh, create like a a space where people might feel unwelcome you are speaking my language that's you know the whole point of of why i created film life musicals is to show people that there are so many shows out there that are accessible either online or DVD or cinema screenings 
And, you know, you're, it's not just limited to if you can get to New York or get to London or get to Manila even. Mm. That And the, it opens up access, like you said, to people who might not be able to attend the theatre in person for reasons of disability or cost or childcare. There's so many reasons why people are excluded from the being at theatre in person. And especially in this day and age, I love the idea of this cultural exchange that, you know, me living in New Jersey, I can watch this production all the way from Manila on the other side of the planet and, and vice versa, that there can be this exchange of, of, um, of art and music and a shared love of theatre. And what, what can be better than that? Uh, so with that note, I have our next segment is called My Favourite Things. You don't need to think about your answers to these questions too much. Whatever comes to mind is good. There are no wrong answers. These are a few of my favorite things. So to start us off, and Bianca, you can go first. What is your favorite musical? In the Heights. <laughs> I love it. One of my favorites, too. <laughs> Chu? Um, I'm kind of split between two. I'm obviously a fan of the opera, just because that's my first ever <laughs> musical. But I'll all, but. I've been so addicted to Jagged Little Pill. Like, it's insane. It's so like, good. So, the amount of times that I've listened to the soundtrack. So like, good. oh my God. Like, and not to mention, I love Alanis Morissette. Like, that woman, yes. she, <laughs> I grew up with, with that woman. She's my mother. <laughs> <laughs> I feel this very deeply and profoundly. <laughs> I share this love with you. <laughs> and I love Tom Kitt's orchestrations on Jagged Little Pill, yes. how they elevate Alanis's music to a whole other level. Yeah, absolutely extraordinary. Uh, do you have a favorite filmed live musical? Filmed live musical? Oh, God. Um, the MTV version of Legally Blonde, I remember watching it all the time on MTV. <laughs> And also Newsies, because it was on the Philippine Netflix for a long time. Yes. I, I was watching it. I agree with Newsies. I agree with Newsies and Legally Blonde, yeah. actually. <laughs> yes. Both two amazing pro shots. Love them. So a filmed live musical, it's not exactly a stage show, and it's not exactly a film. So what should we call it? Hmm. A pro shot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> A movie musical. <laughs> a movie musical. A musical. What? <laughs> There's not really a good word for it yet. Um, we're gonna leave it to like whoever's gonna be the next coin termer for it. <laughs> it's musical for now, actually. So musical. Musical. We'll leave it at that. We touched on bootlegs a little bit before. Where do you stand on bootlegs? <laughs> No to dissemination. <laughs> um, well, well, okay. For I mean, on a blue rep end of thing, on blue reps end, I think I'm very much against the distribution <laughs> because we 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 film. Um, we have like we, we we obviously have bootlegs, obviously for archival po- purposes. But when they are distributed and when they are like. Um, when they when they end up in the wrong hands, it really can do a lot for this org in a bad way. And we are a student organization. But for professional, <laughs> for Broadway musicals, they're all over YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I would be lying if I say I didn't watch one. <laughs> But yeah. what about you two? <laughs> For me, bootlegs. I think I share the sentiment with Blue Rip that it's kind of disheartening. I think it's because Blue Rip is so independent at times. Like we're there are times that go, there are times that um, we're really scraping by. Like we're not funded by mega corporations like production companies. Like there's a very in-house student-driven thing, and it kind of sucks to um, have people. Illegally, illegally distributed. Not to mention that Blue Rep's audiences is primarily the Atenean, the Atenean student population. So it kind of like tears the heart of it because um, it's like your own, it's like the your own community in school that does it, which kind of sucks. But then I would be lying if I didn't um, also procure bootlegs for like Broadway shows. And I feel like in terms of that. Um, Not gonna say that bootlegs are like right, morally right. Um, but I do understand why so many people do it, and I think it just really goes back to that inclusivity part of things. That no, not everybody um can really afford to fly out to New York, or even if you are in New York, to really like get into like a Hamilton show with the prices and the scalpers. So, um, yeah, for me, bootlegs are like bad, but at the same time. There, it, it basically speaks that there is a problem that needs to be solved, and that problem is one of inclusivity and one of accessibility. Because um, not everyone is privileged enough to really just go into a theater, pay for like a hundred, two hundred dollar ticket, and um, be expected to do their own normal daily stuff like pay rent, go to school, pay for education, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely, great answer. Uh, what stage musicals do you wish had been filmed? <laughs> uh, oh, I oh. you can go first, Bianca. Jagged little filter. No, no. Um, True. <laughs> I think uh, this might be basic of me, but I have two in mind. Hades Town for sure. The story is just so beautiful. So true. And you really like. And also someone told me, I think our moderator told me this, that it really depends where you watch, like where you're seated in like, where you're seated in the theater. It really depends like what you're looking at. And I'd love to see a pro shot of Hadestown because um, it's just the story is so beautiful. And even like the songs are beautiful and everything. The, the fact that you see the orchestra on the stage is so pretty. Yeah. And also the stage of Hadestown is stage, insane. It's, it, the stage is it's incredible. And yeah, apart from Eighty Sound being like an absolute dream production, um, it would just be so amazing if it was pro shot. Uh, another one, and this is purely like because of the production aspect of it, Beetlejuice, because there's so many special effects that pop out, and you know, and it's really like like I saw like a scene where he li- literally like rips his head open you can see his brain and it was just like how do they do these things it's just for deeper it's more for deeper appreciation of the art that these people are bringing yeah. to life so yeah what about you two <laughs> i'm just gonna bring in the artistic answers i'm just gonna bring a guilty pleasure one i wish i wish that there was a pro shot of the headers of the headers musical with Barrett Overtweet and ryan mccarton because there is nothing there is nothing i am like 
they, they every time I have the urge to go watch headers with the two main leads, they just tease me by they just tease me like the official YouTube channel just teases me by showing these beautifully shot footage, and I have no access to it. I'm like, damn, just bring it out the pro shot. I have good news to share <laughs> with you because Heather's is being filmed in London <laughs> uh, <laughs> next month. Choose <laughs> the it is happening. Uh, they're filming the um, Off West End production. And that will be. Uh, that will be. They haven't announced or released it yet. So that one is coming. <laughs> I unfortunately, Hades Town doesn't look like it's going to get a pro shot. Which I, no. I. So many people tell me that that's the show that they yeah. want to see filmed. It's so good. I. Yeah, it's it is gorgeous. I've been very lucky to watch it, and I've actually ushered for it, so I've seen it a few times now. And it's, oh God. <laughs> it is it is truly a beautiful show, and I'm I'm with you that I wish it could get a pro shot. But the good news for Heather, yeah. What stage musicals would you like to see filmed in the future? Hmm. In the future, in the future, I'm not sure if there's a pro shot of it, but I would love to see a the death version of spring awakening i don't know why it when i watch the choreo of it it's so i don't know how to explain it it's like my eyes are glued to the screen because since they can't speak they really have to rely on uh, they, they they normally since they're deaf you know they can't really um speak um they really focus a lot on movement, like having these elegant choreography, especially for uh, Touch Me, the that song specifically. I don't know. It's so enticing to watch. And Suguro, and since I haven't watched it, and I would appreciate like a film version of it just to see. Oh, I'm so with you on that one. I loved that production. It was so beautiful. And I was so mad they didn't film it. I, it may be at the New York Public Library Performing Arts uh, Theatre and Film and Tape Archive, uh, which is only accessible in New York, and you can only watch it once, and you have to have a valid research reason for watching it. Uh, <laughs> but it's um, Tuft is an amazing, amazing resource, but I, I wish that one had been filmed too. Bianca? Um, there are two musicals in my mind again. Uh, well, first of all, I'm really excited to see the Wicked movie, um, the yeah. one directed by John Enchu. Yeah, I love John Enchu, and I think he did In the Heights too. So I, I really want to see how it's gonna turn out. Um, and there's also a musical called Alice by Heart that I really want to see, um, in a movie form because it was just so magical watching it. Like, um, I was watching it with a friend. We were just like so enticed by it, and I want to see that also. It's a beautiful story and beautiful music as well another wonderful very clever show uh with one of my favorites grace mclean she plays the uh the witch and uh, not the witch the um queen of hearts yeah. and she's amazing glorious <laughs> where can we find blue rep and both of you online for my personal i guess reaching you can you can see me on twitter christian choose so that's christian t-i-u-u <laughs> E-I-U-W, because Christian Chu was already taken. Um, normally, I just talk about any source of media. I'm such a media junkie, so I talk about film, music, 
um, especially music, uh, musicals, theater, and obviously like video games too. So yeah, if you want to see some live action brain rot from me, you can follow me there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all my social medias are private, <laughs> so I will just I will be talking about Blue Rep. No problem. You can check you can check Blue Rep out on Facebook at the Neo Blue Repertory, um, and you can also find us on Instagram at the, at at the Neo Blue Repertory, um, and we're also on TikTok Blue Rep. So give us a follow and see all of our content. We post everything there. Wonderful, and I will have links to all of those in the show notes. <laughs> True and Bianca, thank you so much for your time today. It has been truly delightful to chat with you. Thank you, Thank you so, so much as well. The Filmed Live Musicals podcast is created and edited by your host, Louisa Lyons. With thanks to our wonderful patrons, Josh Brandon, Gerilyn Brewer, Belinda Broido, Elliot Charles, Gillian Dos Santos, Rachel Esteban, Mercedes Esteban Lyons, David Jones, James T. Lane, Heather Madrone, Alison Matthews, Al Monaco, David Negrin, Amy Penn, Gerald Piper, Jesse Rabinowitz and Brenda Goodman, David and Catherine Rabinowitz, Joe Telliston, and Beck Twist for financially supporting the site. FilmedLiveMusicals.com is the most comprehensive list of film stage musicals. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you would like early access to this very podcast, early access to site content, the full weekly newsletter with info on upcoming streams and exclusive access to the streaming calendar, become a Filmed Live Musicals patron for as little as $3 a month. And if you're outside the US, you can sign up in your local currency. Visit filmedlivemusicals.com to learn more. If you like what you hear, please leave a review in your podcast app. I hope you enjoyed this episode and thanks for listening.